This is a Woodside Church podcast. So as Tim said, we are continuing with the series from Colossians. And if you were here for the introduction, the letter was for the whole corporate church. So this is not for elders or a specific group of people in the church. Paul was addressing this letter to the whole um, church. So whatever we learn today is applicable to us all. Secondly, it was also focused on the new life putting on the old self, and then putting on the new self. And it's dotted with practical skills as to how to lead the Christian life. So that's exactly what we'll be doing this morning. The title of my one-liner is Devote Yourselves to Prayer. Devote Yourselves to Prayer. So this morning we'll be looking at prayer and how that fits into our new life as Christians. Let's have a short word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your amazing grace and calling us into your kingdom. We pray that even as we look at prayer this morning, you will help us to unravel the truth about prayer and how important it is in our Christian life so that we'll continue to lead victorious lives to glorify your name. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. So the text, we go to Colossians chapter 2. We'll read from 2 to 4. I'll read two versions. I think one of them will be projected. The other one I'll just read from here. So NIV, it says, devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may clearly proclaim as I should. The same verses from the ESV, it says that continue steadfastly in prayer be watchful in it with thanksgiving. And at the same time, pray for us that God may open us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So this is the passage that we are looking at this morning. Devote yourself to prayer. Prayer is one of the key spiritual disciplines, and it is critical in the life of every believer. This is not an option. It's part of our practice as Christians. And David Mathis, in his book on Habits of Grace, summarizes this very nicely, that we have three habits of grace. The first one is hearing his word, his voice through his word. 
Second one is having his ear. That is prayer. And the third one is belonging to his body, which is fellowship. So these are... Four, yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. sorry. It should be Colossians 4. It's showing to you on the uh, slide, sorry. So those are the three graces. Hearing his voice, hearing his ear, and belonging to his body. So today we are looking at prayer. And as I said, it's a Christian discipline. And Leonard Ravenhill said that no man is greater than his prayer life. How great you are even in your Christian life is dependent on your prayer life. So Paul exhorts us to do four things that we are going to look at. Colossians chapter 4, 2 to 4. There are four things that we are going to look at. The first one, it says we have to continue in prayer. Secondly, to watch in prayer. Thirdly, to pray with thanksgiving. And fourthly, to pray. Apologies for the breaking audio here. We had a few tech issues. All right, we are back to business. Before we look at those four points, we will look at what is prayer. So prayer is simply talking to God. And Billy Graham says that it's a two-way conversation between ourselves and God. And Charles Spurgeon makes a very deep statement. And he says that true prayer is neither a mere mental exercise or a vocal performance. It's far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction between the creator of heaven and earth. Wow. Prayer gives us the opportunity as Christians to have a transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. What a privilege. If we are to associate or we are to book even a five-minute slot with the queen, it's going to be tough or even an audience with the Prime Minister. But through prayer, we have access to the Creator of heaven and earth. 24-7, it doesn't matter where we are, we have access to the King of Kings. What a privilege. So let's look at them um, verse by verse. And as has been pointed out, I think it's showing on the slides, Colossians 2 is 4. So, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. If we look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, the first part, it says, continue in prayer. What does that mean? Continue in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And then 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 11 says that, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his faith continually. The word continue here means to be constant, persevering, never tiring, and slackening in prayer. So we need to persevere in prayer. And that also means that we have constant fellowship and communion with God. So this is something that we do all the time. Prayer becomes part 
of our lives. But how is this possible in our very busy day-to-day -day activities? We go to work, we have so many things that take most of our time. How do we make this practical? The first thing is to develop an attitude of prayer. Secondly, we also walk in the spirit of prayer, praying about everything. When we develop an attitude of prayer, we pray about everything in our lives. There's this great athlete, Gail Davis from the US, who won um, Olympic medals, 100 meters Olympic medals. And what she said was that before every run, she prays. Before every run, she prays that God will help her to beat her personal best. So this is a Christian athlete who decided that there are no bounds for God. Every aspect of her life, God is part of it. And so in his running, in her running, he, she will pray before doing that. Sometimes if we are not careful, we place boundaries. This, I can resolve it myself. This mess, I caused it myself. So leave it to me, God, to solve it. Or this one, I can rationalize. I know why this happened. So God, leave it to me, I will sort it myself. But that is not what we are to do here. An attitude of prayer means that we leave everything to God. An attitude of prayer means that we make sure that God is in every aspect of our lives. So it may be at work, you have a very difficult boss, pray to God about that. You have very difficult employees, talk to God about that. You've lost your keys, very trivial, talk to God about that. You are going through traffic and you don't know what to do, talk to God about that. Every aspect of our lives. And also what this means is that praying constantly means that we have to make time. There are so many things that distract us these days. If we are to look at how many times we touch our mobile phones a day versus how much time we put into prayer, I think it will put things in perspective. But this is a duty, it's a discipline, it's something that we need to do and cultivate the habit ourselves. Secondly, we are to watch in prayer, Colossians chapter four and verse two. It says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Colossians 4.2, that's what it says, being watchful with thanksgiving. The word watch in this context means to stay awake, be alert, be sleepless, be active, and also to concentrate. It's quite obvious, you can't pray whilst asleep. So we need to be awake. It's, it's the first requirement before we can pray. Again, there is a challenge here. There is so much that goes on in our day-to-day -day lives. Tiredness from work, pressures of life, all these things can distract us from praying. And we are reminded in uh, Matthew chapter 26, 
40 to 41, when Jesus rebuked his disciples, it says that then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. And then 41, it says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So this problem has been there since the beginning. Making time, having that discipline of watching, being alert is something that we need to develop. And even the disciples were struggling with that. We are responsible for creating that atmosphere, for creating that environment to help in our prayer life. So what are the practical steps that we can take here? First, I think we need to identify the things that can easily distract us in our day-to-day lives. First of all, identify those and take specific steps to eradicate them. And also make that time. For me, sometimes what I do is prayer walk during my lunch time at work. We have a lovely farm around us. So a 30 minutes walk and praying at the same time. For some of us, it could be fasting. And fasting, I don't mean fasting from food alone, but fasting from things that can easily distract us. So for some of us, it could be our phones, it could be turning off the TV, it could be stopping watching that um, favorite series of yours and devoting time to prayer. We have to make that conscious effort. If you know, for example, that TV is something that easily distracts you, please don't go and sit in front of the television during your time of prayer. You will be distracted. Move away, take yourself away from that distraction, and then focus on God. Thirdly, we are to pray with thanksgiving. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. We read again from the ESV. It says that continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And then Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says that be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. In this series, in the East Side, Tabeth talked particularly about Thanksgiving, and it's a very good uh, preach on Thanksgiving. So I would encourage you to listen to um, that preach on Thanksgiving. But for our purposes this morning, what Paul is exhorting us is that Thanksgiving is part and parcel of our prayer lives. So as we pray to God all the time, Thanksgiving is a central part of it. And sometimes we struggle with this, especially when we are in a difficult situation. We ask ourselves, how can I thank God for this difficult situation? 
how can I thank God for this pain I'm going through? Yes, I'm willing to pray, but to thank God for it is difficult. Now, we don't thank God because of what is happening or what we see around us. We are thanking God for who he is. And so when we thank God, what we are saying is that I thank you. This is a very difficult situation, but I thank you because you are God. And because you are God and you are sovereign, you are going to take me through this. That is what it means to thank God even when we have difficult situations around us. And we have to thank God in the little things and in the big things. There are many things that we take for granted. In England, we take rain for granted because we have too, many, too much of it. When we came back from holidays, I was asking colleagues at work, how was the weather? Oh, it rained too much. For some places, rain is a blessing from God because it's hard to come by. And so it may be a bit strange to come to church on Sunday and to hear us thanking God for the rain in England. But some part of the world, they thank God for the rain. I remember when I was in Newfoundland, we went to church in Canada, very cold, snowy day, and the pastor was thanking God for the sun, which was very strange to me. Because in Africa, we don't thank God for the sun. We have too much of it. We are running from the sun. But here it is, this man thanking God for the sun. There are so many things in life that we take for granted. Have you thanked God for the air you breathe? It's a privilege to be breathing this air. I don't know if you heard of what is happening in the Amazon the Amazon forest, which contributes to about 20% of the air that we breathe. What if it's all burnt out? Go to some parts of the world and the quality of the air that they breathe. There are so many things that God has done for us that we should not take for granted. Let's talk to God about everything in life. The fourth point is to pray for others. Colossians 4, 2 to 3. I'll read the whole uh, verse again. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So Paul is urging us here, the fourth point, to be an intercessor for God's ministers and those who serve in many different capacities. Let's put this a little bit in context. Paul was in prison. So this was where he wrote this letter from. And so if we put it in context, if you were to be in prison, what prayer would you be asking for? Pray that I am out of here as quickly as possible. Paul could have asked for his release so that he would be proclaimed not guilty. 
and even for the peaceful end of his life. But he did not request any of those. He requested prayer for his ministry. And his prayer points were that opportunity for witnessing to sharing the mysteries of the salvation of God and boldness to speak as he ought to. There are two things that we can learn from here. The first one is that we need to pray. We need to act. Prayer is something that needs to be put in action. How many times have we said, I'll remember you in prayer, and then that is it. It's something that we need to do. James chapter 4 and verse 2 says that the uh, third part of it, it says that you do not have because you do not ask God. Sometimes there are things in our lives that has not come to pass because we've simply not asked God. John Wesley says that God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. Do you want God to do something in your life? Do you want a breakthrough in your life? God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. So let's put our, our desires to God in prayer. Secondly, we need to be careful about our motives. That the requests, our prayer request, aligns with the will of God. James chapter 4 and verse 3 says that when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So what is the motive, the reason behind our prayers? John Piper said something that I want to um, read. He says that it is not wrong to want God's gifts and even to ask for them. There is nothing wrong asking. Most prayers in the Bible are for the gifts of God. But ultimately, every gift should be desired because it shows us and brings us more of him. So that prayer, what is the motive behind? Is it something that brings more of God, that glorifies God? Or is it something for only your own pleasure? It continues, when this world totally fails, the ground for joy remains, God. Therefore, surely every prayer for life, health, and home, family, and job, and ministry in this world is secondary. And the great purpose of prayer is to ask that in and through all of his gifts, God will be our joy. So that is what prayer is about. It's not about us simply getting solutions to your problems, but it's about magnifying God and God being seen through that situation. 
So how do we apply these four points to our life? I want to ask three questions for us to ponder upon. Firstly, are you in constant communion with God through prayer? How often do we talk to God? Is it only on Sundays? Or is it only during prayer meetings? Or is it only during when you get into trouble or when you are sick? God wants us to be in constant communion. Secondly, what does your prayer consist of? There are different types of prayers. Depending on the relationship that we have with God, we may exhibit some or all of these elements of prayer. Do we just ask for things? Just like a small child going to the room, Daddy, I want some chocolate. So you open the door, you ask for your chocolate, you close it, and off you go. No time for even Daddy or Mommy to respond. Or confession and repentance from sin. We only go to God to ask for forgiveness. Or do we make time to enjoy the presence of God? If you've not tried this before, try it. Go to God alone and just say, God, I've come. I have nothing to ask. I just want to spend time in your presence. And just leave it there. And God will come to you. And you will hear from God. Don't go to God with a request. Just spend time in his presence. And thirdly, fourthly, we shouldn't be restrictive about what we ask God or we are willing to talk to God about. Maybe this morning there are areas that you've demarcated. This I don't talk to God about. This is a no-go area. God is saying, bring it to me. Talk to me about it. Thirdly, what are the motives behind our prayers? What are the motives behind our prayers? And one point I want to underline is that a deeper intimacy with God cannot happen without a committed prayer life. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. If we are struggling or we don't know how to pray, God can help us because we need that discipline to develop as Christians. So do we want a closer relationship with God? Do we want to continue in this new life? this series that we've been looking at, putting on the new life. Do we want more from God? Then we need to continue in prayer, watch in prayer, pray with thanksgiving, and pray for others as well. And James chapter five, verse 16 says that we should confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that we may be healed. And then there's this wonderful statement that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So once we've prayed to God, we've asked for forgiveness of our sins, 
the word of God promises us that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So I encourage us this morning to continue in prayer, to devote ourselves to prayer, even as we strive to live this new life. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we want to thank you for this morning and your word that you've brought to us to continue in prayer, watch in prayer, pray with thanksgiving and pray for others. We pray that even as we ponder on these words, if there are no-go areas in our lives, if there are things that distract us from praying, Lord, we pray that you help us today, that will become people who will be disciplined in our prayer life, who will spend time daily praying and seeking your face. And Lord, we pray that you visit us and speak to each and every one of us so that we will enjoy the abundant life in you. We thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.